episode of Pieces of Us. This is an update episode. Today I have a very special guest with me, my wonderful and amazing husband, Brian Paquette. Thank you for joining us yet again. This is your third appearance. Hey everybody. Happy to be back and uh, you know doing this uh, again with you and be able to provide a bit of a, an update. So Glad to uh, glad to be here. Yeah, so we we decided that a year ago, I guess May first is when we released our first episode. We kind of left off our story. We figured we would do another update just for listeners to see where we are. And I just want to thank listeners for reaching out, individuals who've listened to the story and just said kind words and said that they were praying for us. And I do. I know we really appreciate it because it's hard when you you're going through something so difficult um, and there as you know we've said in the last two episodes it's you know miscarriages and infertility there's it's kind of it's taboo and you want to keep it a secret but when we released it to the world the love that we received and it really helped us kind of go through our journey and continue our journey. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we we reached a lot of uh, a lot of people in those couple episodes, and uh, it was uh, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, interesting to hear from some some old friends and uh, and, and some new new people uh, who had just kind of randomly reached out, and uh, and so I think it's uh, today's just about a, being able to give a bit of an update and for us to continue down the 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 journey and talk a bit about you know how things have gone for us over the last year and I, and I think the powerful thing too about Brian you sharing kind of your aspect and your story and joining me is allowing for that male perspective and I know some men have reached out to you that kind of going through the same thing and I think I think for women maybe it's more innate or more natural to share or um, maybe it's less taboo to talk about but I think it's even more difficult for men to share kind of those infertility struggles. But by you sharing your voice and sharing your story, I think it allowed for others to reach out to you to feel safe to say, I'm going through the same thing. Yeah, it definitely happened. And I think it continues to even outside of the the pieces of us, you know, forum. Uh, I think I've uh, and being in a new city and getting to know uh, some new people. It's uh, it's just yeah, it's a it's pretty um incredible how many people you know will will certainly have similar stories and uh it's been continues to be therapeutic you know when you kind of talk about it so um i i think that's one thing you'll hear us talk about more today is just about the about reaching out and and talking about it and uh i think more now than ever and outside of just our story you just hear more of these stories it's out there um and i think it's it's good it's important 
Yeah. So people aren't suffering in silence. So our last um, discussion, we kind of left off where we had an unsuccessful IVF transfer and we have three, we had three frozen embryos left. So last fall, we had decided to do another frozen embryo transfer. This time we decided to only transfer one, leaving two eggs left. And so that was in September. Yeah, we, we, the timing worked. It's always a challenge just because we were living in one city and trying to do a procedure in another. So I mean, there's you know, some challenges and logistics around all that, but we... Right, because we were living in Toronto, but our clinic was here in Halifax. And instead of, we could have transferred the eggs to Toronto, um, but there's issues with that and then being in a new clinic and waiting. So we decided to kind of stay here in the Halifax clinic. And it, uh, we... We were, you know, obviously getting very familiar with the process with our clinic in Halifax. And so we uh, started the process and uh, like you said, in September and we weren't necessarily kind of together for all of this because I would have been in, in Toronto at, at, at that time, um, you know, working and uh, we, we, we did the procedure and, and then it was that, that waiting game as per normal. <laughs> Does it, uh, did it work or not? And, and then it was, I guess the f- couple weeks later. And I think I was home at that time. Do you remember and I think we were we at Subway? The... Yes. <laughs> we went for lunch. It was like, it's the weirdest. Yeah. You're just waiting like minute by minute. Like when are you going to get the call? And yeah, we finally was like, we gotta get out of the house. Like we we're hungry. So I remember we went to Subway. We're ordering our sub at the time and the call comes in and then it's like, I don't even, I think I just blank out. You're trying to order a friggin' cold cut sub and you're out in the parking lot and I'm like, she's getting the the answer. It's, you know, it's a positive test or a negative test. <laughs> you come into the the vestibule and you, you just give a thumbs up while you're still on the phone and I'm just like, okay, all right, I'll have mayo and mustard and salt and pepper and I'll have chips and a Coke. All right, <laughs> let's go. Uh, I just, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, we had a successful, um, pregnancy. And so then it was just a matter of waiting for the ultrasound, the eight week ultrasound, but with timing and stuff, we ended up doing it at that nine week. But during those time, during that time, you're nervous, you're waiting, the weeks go by fast, but they go by incredibly slow. And so I went in for, it was at nine weeks. I went in for the ultrasound and it was different this time because they had they had the papers out already and about like for my transfer to go to the IWK and when the due they had the due dates written out and that's that's never really happened so there was more excitement with this ultrasound because everything had been clear up up to that point so it kind of felt safe and and exciting and and again the first few clicks it uh right away <laughs> yeah uh, it's same as before i uh you just could tell like i just was looking i wasn't even looking at you Catherine. i was looking at the doctor and she had the screen there and i just could you could just you just knew right away she right on her face you could tell she didn't have to say anything yeah and we knew like something was not right and she kept asking about the transfer dates. And yeah. when you're doing a transfer, IVF transfer, or a frozen embryo transfer, sorry, 
you know the dates there's there's no mistake it's it's not it's not like a natural conception where you might be off by a week or two um and so and she left the room and then came back and yeah she wasn't it wasn't what what made it tough was i guess she wasn't it wasn't like definitive she didn't say absolutely this is not going to work i'm so sorry it was kind of like a well it's we see we see there's some growth but not enough and no heartbeat but so but it was should, still early you should so. go for another we'll, we'll book you in in another week and meanwhile we're traveling back to toronto and you know it was yeah it was tough because it was just you'd prefer us to have the answer like no this isn't viable because we we still that like small hope but i think we both knew yeah it's almost like that week that you wait to get in to see the ultrasound again it's like purgatory but you know it's probably not going to be viable but then you still cling to hope of that miracle of well it could it could be fine and it is early enough and there's no heartbeat maybe it's just smaller and you read stories online of, well, this happened to me and I have a healthy little baby. And, and so you do cling to that hope, but it is definitely, I always call it the purgatory week in between those, like not a good ultrasound. And then you're waiting for your next ultrasound. Yeah. We end up uh, back in Toronto, uh, at, uh, at Mount Sinai hospital, um, to do that, that follow-up, uh, ultrasound new new clinic new doctor new nurses everything was but we we you know we that made the most sense at the time so we did that and met with a, a doctor there that confirmed what we knew was likely the case and uh you got set up with a uh early pregnancy uh clinic to go through what was about to happen with uh you know with the full the miscarriage because at that point you're 10 plus weeks so it's not sometimes not an easy easy process to deal with at that stage so um but that clinic or office that early childhood or early pregnancy clinic was uh they were amazing. was great yeah, yeah they were they were phenomenal and uh very, very supportive. supportive yeah so you know he we went through that process you got to, to you know to make a couple more contacts and that would have been at that point i guess november or so yeah it was early november and um, and I guess fortunately, like with the early, um, pregnancy clinic, they, the, she had recommended because of my history, she said, well, why don't we try to collect samples this time and, and to be able to test? Cause we had never done that before. So, um, so we were able to do that and send it off to the lab and definitely, definitely a difficult, difficult November and, and December and definitely in a fog and. I think it was only a matter of, it felt like probably only days or hours that I was on cell offications because I was like, all right, <laughs> it's time to, to get away. It's kind of, it so would the piquettes be... did what the piquettes do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we booked a trip and we, uh, we said, well, you know what? Christmas coming up. It's a tough, it's just a tough time. We just wanted to get away. So what do we do? Yeah. We booked a trip. Yeah. And, and like you want to be with family because family is very supportive. And I mean, our families have been amazing. But at the same time, Christmas is supposed to be happy and you don't want to bring people down and you're kind of in a weird headspace. And for us, it's very therapeutic. And and I don't want to say that, you know, other couples, if, you know, you're going through loss or traumatic experience, that it's necessarily the right thing to do. But it worked for it works for us to 
kind of, it, it's something to look forward to. It's something to kind of get our minds off of what's happening. It allows us to kind of keep moving forward. And so again, it's, it, it doesn't work for everybody, but it works for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we went down to, uh, Jamaica. We had a, an amazing week down there. Um, I think for my work too, it's always just, it's a good time to Christmas. It does get a little slower. It's just a good time to get away. And, uh, we had a, an amazing week. Um, amazing resort. Met was, a wonderful couple. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, who we stay in contact with still. And, uh, it was, it was a good trip. And we, we did decide to still head back to, to Nova Scotia once we got back because of the, the amount of time I had off kind of over the holidays. So we still got back to see people, but it was after the, the Christmas kind of busyness, I guess. So we got back for a bit, which was really good. We, uh, did, a, did our thing there for a few days. I ended up back in uh, in Toronto for the new year. You stuck around for a bit. Ended and up being and just to rewind, like at Christmas time, like when we were down in Jamaica, that's when we had decided, let's kind of talk about what happened a little bit. And we just kind of said, you know, what, what are our options? What should we do now? We were waiting for an appointment in January, like a follow-up to see what happens with the same like if there's any more information with the samples that were collected and just to see kind of our head space. And I think at that point we kind of decided let's just wait, wait for a full year before we try anything because I didn't, I didn't want to go through that. I didn't want to put my body through that. So I think we wanted the appointment in January and we just decided that we, we were in into our, our second kind of year in Toronto and wanted to just enjoy that experience, had some plans for some additional traveling and and family and friends and just a bunch of things that lots of reasons as to why we just said, you know what, let's not do this, you know, back and forth to Halifax and the clinic. And uh, we had the appointment in January and at least there was some, some evidence, there was some, conclusiveness to say it didn't work because of x and it was you know a chromosomal defect that at least they could explain why that particular pregnancy didn't pan out um but still obviously leaves lots of questions as to well why did that happen and and not a lot of clarity in terms of what we should do next you know with the two um frozen embryos but we still were on the same mindset still have the same mindset to say we're just not gonna even think about the clinic here for a long time like let's just go back to Toronto and yeah because they and the doctor had brought up that maybe you know surrogacy would be a route that we would take or I could try again but you know with the history of what was happening so it was it was a lot of information it was just we needed to you need to take a break and I didn't want to go through any more hormonal treatments and take injections and I just wanted as you said just we wanted to enjoy Toronto we wanted to go on trips we didn't want to try to plan around well we're gonna have a treatment this month so we need to you know so we just wanted I wanted a complete year off until we started to open the discussion again and we also knew there was a timing around potentially moving back to the east coast 
and certain um, deadlines around that. And so that kind of was was later on in the fall and stuff. So why we said, let's just push things, you know, not think about it, let's not talk about it. But it was obviously still fresh, everything that had just happened again. Um, I remember talking to a colleague of mine who just happened to say, it was in January and he, he had happened to say that he just had booked a random trip um, to the States, um, great deals on. And it got me thinking, you know what, like, I get some, you know, a few days, maybe take a couple, couple days off. Maybe I should look at, uh, you know, booking something. And, and sure enough, I got the itch and went on Expedia. And before I knew it, I had a trip booked for us to go to, uh, to go to Chicago, like a city that I was only there once. Um, and you had never been and I was great city. And I thought, you know what? we had a, an amazing deal to go there for, for three nights, four days. And even though it was February, end of February, um, still lots to do and see. And so, uh, yeah, you, you had You come. surprised me with the Valentine's right? Day gift. Yeah. Cause it was, uh, it was basically, yeah, here's a surprise. We're going to go to Chicago end of February. And, uh, it was only like whatever, two, three weeks away at that point, by the time I told you and, uh, that's something to look forward to. It was always, we always have, kind of live by that motto like it's important to have something to to look forward to so that was what we had next so yeah and you had and I just I remember you had written in the card too just that you know life has thrown us curveballs and if we could change it we a thousand percent would um but we have the ability or we let's just travel and and enjoy what we have in the moment and be random and quote unquote, you didn't write this in the card, but it was basically like YOLO, like <laughs> you only live once kind of thing. I think it was the, th- I want to say the Thursday before we were leaving, because uh, I think we were leaving on a Friday morning. And uh, still remember the morning, um, you know, my alarm going off at probably 5.30 or so to go into work the standard day um, when I have this like, piercing light in my in my eye it's your flashlight on your iphone and and you're coming over towards towards me going you got to look at this and uh not at all what i was expecting but a pregnancy test um that showed i don't even remember i think it showed a couple lines like at this point i'm like what are you (laughs) what are you jamming in my face at 5 30 in the morning (laughs) oh my god but uh I still, yeah, I remember that morning and it was just a bit of a blur. Like what, what is going on? Like, is this real? And, uh, yeah. So I had taken a pregnancy test because I felt off. I felt weird. I had a little bit of heartburn and, and I thought it might've been late, but I wasn't sure because again, I stopped keeping track of everything. And so I knew we were going on the trip. So I was like, well, I want to I want to get the the notion that I'm pregnant out of my mind so we can enjoy the trip and we can have a few drinks and and whatever because the last thing on my mind was that I was actually pregnant but I just wanted to rule it out. So I woke up early that morning. I had an old test somewhere and you know, peed on the stick and 3 minutes later it was like what is going on? And I had to wait for you to wake up because I didn't want to wake you up at that moment. But I just remember and we were beside ourselves and we were in shock. It's like we kept saying we didn't know how it happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just, yeah, I, I, you know, just not what we'd expected. It was, 
it was an interesting, I guess, few weeks, I'll say, as a whole. I mean, we had a great trip to Chicago. I can't wait to go back. Uh, it was a little different because you were, uh, at this point, going, well, I think, you know, I'm pregnant. So, we, you know, we were, we weren't having anything to drink. We had a different kind of trip, but some excitement for sure. But Still a, ton of un, a ton of uneasiness and stress and anxiety about, like we just had gone through like this whole process back in the fall and like we were trying to almost like you can't help but just think like oh my like is this just going to happen you know naturally a bit all over again and the, the 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 sadness and everything else but so you're just you're anxious you just don't you know you're kind of expecting the worst but also have that that yeah. hope right so and we, also and also the hope of like hope to god that I wouldn't have to go through this again. Like, let this just work because it's almost cruel. You know, it just kind of naturally, naturally happening. So, but luckily with the clinic in Toronto, because I had already been set up because of what happened in the fall, I had contact with a nurse at the early pregnancy clinic and I had emailed her or I gave her a call and I was just like, I don't know who to contact. I don't have a family doctor here. I'm just had a pregnancy test and so she referred me to get blood work done. Uh, I came back great levels and then because she knew technically you should wait until your 12 week dating ultrasound but she knew that that's not going to happen for me. I needed to have so I had an early one at six weeks and I think they were able to even detect a heartbeat at six weeks and everything looked good and was measuring fine and and then, uh, and again, dates were kind of like, oh, I don't really know. Um, but then they sent me again because I had requested. I was like, well, I just want to make sure that in two weeks that it did grow, that there's no stopping. And so we went back at eight weeks and it was still measuring perfectly. And then so we waited. There was a heartbeat. And there was a heartbeat, a nice strong one at eight weeks. And... Uh, yeah, maybe it was the eight-week one that had the heartbeat. Anyway, I don't remember. Um, and went back for the twelve-week one, and and it just all it, it did feel different because even with the six-week one, I went in and the the ultrasound technician was there, and you know she kind I briefly said my history, and then you know she was getting excited. She was like, "Oh, your due date." is October 31st and that's my birthday and she was really really excited and she was like this one's going to be different like it looks really good and and so it felt different like there was kind of an excitement there but again it's like you don't know you don't know what's going to happen and we're still on edge but this is all a haul happening in a in a world of with with COVID-19 and uh so that had its own unique kind of challenges with it and um i will say that the, the the doctors and everyone that you dealt with were great and and uh were very supportive of your of our history i guess and having multiple appointments and uh the 12 week and then talking to an ob and getting yourself in um for an intermediate ultrasound even before like the formal like anatomy you know the the the, the big one at uh, the 20 week mark um they were just very supportive all around but dealing with all this through COVID was definitely tough. Yeah. And yeah, it was kind of interesting because in a sense, it was kind of good 
because it forced us to stay put. Like the world shut down. We can't go anywhere. I'm staying in one location, staying in our apartment in Toronto. Um, but on top of that, the anxiety with COVID and the stress that I think in general, most people felt in March of the unknown. And then here I'm pregnant. And so I'm worried that, okay, what's, if I get sick, what's that going to be like? And also just the stress of the world is shutting down and I'm bringing a baby into this world. And there was, there was all these kind of swirl of emotions. Um, And as well, our ultrasound appointments, so our 12 week and then our 20 week um, anatomy scan, like, unfortunately, like you can't come to the appointment because, or Brian can't come to the appointment because they're only letting the patient, the mom into the room. So, so that's kind of disappointing because it's our first and, you know, it'd be nice to have you there and you experience it because I get to feel like my body change and I get to experience it a little bit more. And I know it's harder for fathers to kind of connect with that pregnancy. I think, I guess, ultimately, I never knew what to expect. Like, we've never gone through it before. So the fact that I wasn't in the room and I didn't get to experience some of those things, at the end of the day, I just wanted you to come out of those appointments or text or call with everything still going okay. So there was definitely some long uh, waits in the truck um, while you're up at the appointment. And I'm parked in a parking lot, um, doing a bit of work, answering calls, emails, trying to keep busy for a couple hours or, or less, uh, just while you're up there. And that was, that was hard like that. You just, again, can't help but feel like there's the, just, it's not going to work. Um, and but... I called you the 12 week appointment and I was feeling incredibly nauseous. So my first trimester was just nausea and tired and whatever and so after my appointment I felt like I felt very sick and so I called you to pick me up (laughs) but I didn't sound like a happy and so I could hear in your voice like yes okay and I was like oh no everything like I forgot to say the first words out of my mouth weren't like everything is good everything looks good and I could just hear in your voice like oh god yeah uh, yeah that wasn't very good, but anyway, a few minutes, few seconds later, you finally say, "No, it's all good." I'm like, "Oh, thank God." Okay, good. Uh, but I think on the flip side, for for us, uh, it was COVID uh, made things a bit easier. Um, you know, it was easy to hide. Um, we we didn't really start telling anybody until 12, 13 weeks. Um, we waited. And even then, like that was just immediate family, and then waited even a little bit longer to uh, to tell people just just out of wanting to, to to make sure things were going okay. So when you're on FaceTime and Zoom and different chats, like it was pretty easy to to hide. I mean, you'd have your your juice or or whatever it was, and or or we'd both we'd have a couple glasses of wine and I just have to drink for two. And, um, that was all good. No problem. But it was, uh, that helped. I mean, we, we, and I think it also then helped to, or it was exciting for us to, to, to tell people, um, typically would be through social media or, or like a, a FaceTime or zoom to tell because we're in Toronto with no family. Um, it was, it was, uh, it was still fun to, to have that experience and tell people, 
um, even though we couldn't do it in person and, and lots of, lots of emotions there when you, uh, can surprise family with, uh, with the news because it came out of nowhere. Um, typically people knew when we were going through the appointments and the process because we were open about it. We wanted to talk about it and this was a completely at a left field. So those, those were some fun experiences. Yeah. I still remember your sister of just crying when we told her we we're pregnant and then she's like, you lied to me. You said you weren't doing any procedures. And then uh, saying we didn't do any procedures. This was a surprise. And then her crying again of just like, this is so amazing. And so it was definitely fun sharing, sharing those moments and calling immediate family and, and friends and just letting them know, know our good news. And we had our 20 week anatomy scan and everything looked really good. Um, I was able to, I asked the technician if I could FaceTime a little bit with you. So you were on FaceTime and I could kind of show you the screen. And so she showed us the, she showed yeah, us she did, the little arms. There's and, an arm. Here's a, here's a leg. This is where the heart is. And I don't think it necessarily got into all the intricate details that maybe we were, we had heard about for an appointment like that. But at the end of the day, we just needed to hear that everything was okay. And then the results all came back great so so we're having a baby we are <laughs> apparently we're having, a, we're having a baby yeah um you're 23 weeks now just about and uh we're trending towards kind of a late october early november no, november 1st november due 1st due date baby's not gonna come early that's uh it's just been so it's been surreal um this talking to people um about this and just knowing what we've gone through and where we're at now and 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 just it's seeing people's genuine you know happiness for us is is super appreciated and and uh has helped us through even these last number of weeks where we've been very anxious and and about this whole process and and, you know we still have a ways to go um it's just been a good calling it our you know it's our miracle baby and and I have no doubt that you know everybody who said that they were gonna you know pray for us and I think I think some magic was worked and we would have not ever thought that maybe this was possible and uh to uh to see you know and and now that you know you're physically you know changing a bit and you know it's becoming more and more real lots of excitement and uh we're you know we always we always thought we'd be a family of you know four or five uh and for, for now we're going to be a family of, of three and who knows what the future holds for us uh after after our first child but we're we're just thrilled to have one right now and we still talk about the two frozen embryos and that the process there is not necessarily done um we've we've we will will stay in contact with the clinic and and who knows what happens down the road but for now obviously the the focus is on you know on this one this one and mm-hmm. uh and the excitement around around that and so we you know we i think it's been good to hopefully you know give this update for everybody and uh this is how you know this is how we're you know we haven't really told uh everybody this and is our announcement. this is this is kind of it so it's kind of cool and um just hope that it's uh for people out there that uh that are 
maybe in a similar situation and or maybe early days of thinking about starting a family just know that there are long journeys out there but uh, and everyone will have their own unique journey this was ours for now and uh there's there's no right or wrong um and and here you know hey this is ours and here we are so and if and if you are struggling and and having difficulty in either a miscarriage or with infertility and you just need to talk to someone please feel free to reach out because you know i am i am here and i can i understand and here to support support anybody and i think we also wanted to talk a bit about how i think a lot of people although some necessarily didn't come out and say it but i think there's the 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 thought out there well you you know you stopped you you stopped thinking about it you stopped trying and the stress wasn't there and that's all you ever had to do and I, I you know I I don't necessarily know if that's the case like I I can't help but think that there is some element of the stress and anxiety of the procedures and everything we were going through that once we just really ultimately just parked it that it worked for us but I don't believe that that's the sole you know that's why this happened I mean. I don't think it's about well you stopped trying and that's why it worked yeah because I mean last winter we had stopped and said we were going to wait until the fall so it's kind of very similar to like in the fall we said well we're going to wait for a year and it's not like we were like we're completely done with IVF we were just putting it on the back burner but yeah don't I, and I think that's that's the big thing that if if you are talking to somebody who either's had miscarriages or going through infertility, you know, don't use our story to tell others, well, you just need to stop trying. You know, there's a podcast that I listen to and, you know, they stopped trying and then they got pregnant because yes, that happens. And there's lots of stories out there and I'm sure there's many people that know and you hear the stories of people who have gone through infertility and then stopped and then decided to adopt and then got pregnant at the same time and but it doesn't help the couples when you're going through it and I know lots of people have told us that and told me that kind of when I was in the middle of it and it's just like okay but how how am I supposed to stop like you can't stop thinking about it until it happens so just just be wary and don't don't necessarily use our story as, as advice, but you can tell people certainly to listen to our story and it, it's our journey and this is, this is what happened. So I can't wait to give you guys an update in the fall about our little baby. I can't, I can't, it's crazy to even say that. <laughs> Every now and then I look at Brian, I'm like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty excited and uh, you know, looking forward to being able to share more updates. So thank you so much. And genuinely from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for listening to our story, for reaching out and just sending your love. We certainly felt it. And we love you all. This is Pieces of Us with Catherine Paquette. Thank you so much for listening. Stories of yours, stories of men, all we have to share is time and pieces of us, pieces of us, pieces of you, pieces of me, pieces of
Pieces of you, pieces of me, pieces of us.